Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Notice, if you will, with me, the book of Matt, excuse me, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. I know it's a few scriptures, but if you follow along, I believe we will get to a place that I believe that God wants us to get to. Starting at verse 11. Then he said a certain man had two sons. And the young of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a famine in that land, and he began to be in want. But he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20. He arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. I want you to look at something in verse 12. And the younger son, I want you to notice his attitude when he says this. And the younger son said to his father, knows he didn't ask him anything. He said it to him. Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Based on what I've read to you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on this topic. The dangers of leaning on our own understanding. The dangers of leaning on our own understanding. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your word. Pray that I have free course. Lord, we're ready to hear and receive your word this morning. And Father, I thank God every spirit of distraction and hindrance and sickness and disease and soul poverty is bound and cast out. Thank you for these precious believers who want what God has for them this morning. Father, teach, minister, do great things in this con- with this congregation. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. In the past few weeks, we see the Holy Spirit has been sending us a consistent message regarding understanding. While we know in Scripture that getting knowledge and understanding is an essential part of our spiritual growth and development, it's necessary for us to get not to get comfortable and find security in our own understanding. See, God's understanding is infinite. It's limitless. It's it's unlimited. It's impossible to measure or calculate. And our understanding is finite. It has limited bounds, has limits or bounds. It's subject to the laws of nature. It has an end. It is, it is un, Excuse me, it's not unlimited. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6 real quickly. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Solomon tells us this when it comes to, to our own understanding and God's understanding. He said, trust in the Lord, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. 
He says our understanding is limited, but he said because God is unlimited, we should acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. When we think now, I believe that it's somewhat dangerous when we make a decision to rely or find safety and security in our personal insight, especially when it's not according to God's written and revealed word. What do you mean by dangerous? Dangerous is likely to cause harm, injury or problems likely to cause adverse consequences. And one of the ways I found that it's most dangerous when you lean to your own understanding is when it comes to our salvation. We're going to see that as we look at the story of the lost son. Now, it's imperative that we strive to find security and support in our infinite God who is omniscient. He knows everything. He has infinite knowledge. He is all-knowing. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of John, chapter 16 and verse 13. The book of John, chapter 16 and verse 13. The Bible reads as follows. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. See, I believe God's word is written not just for our learning, because you can learn it and not believe it, but it's for our learning and believing. It is imperative that we learn and not only learn, but believe. It's important that we believe. In his word, we find examples of people who had different backgrounds, lifestyles, different levels of obedience. We see those who followed Jesus from afar and those who followed him closely. We see the rise and fall of kings and kingdoms, which is similar to what we're seeing here today. The one consistent truth is that we see and is found is in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He's not different. He doesn't change. He is the same. Many of us have different ways of thinking about the kingdom of God and the ways that God does things. At times, our ways of thinking can result in problems, challenges, and adversity that we, when we, if we choose to do it God's way, it would have came out a whole lot better. And I've been guilty of that. I don't know, but how many have been guilty of that? You know, if we did it God's way, it came out a whole lot better. Times when the Holy Spirit told me to forgive and let situations go, but I wanted to hold on to a grudge and take matters into my own hands. Learning, to, uh, lean to my own understanding and doing Things probably cause more harm than good. Instead of bringing healing, it caused more harm. In fact, it opened up the wound a little bit worse than what it was. Now, we're going to look at today's text of a family that experienced some adversity in their relationships as well as the resources because of the choices some of the family members made, especially the younger son or the younger brother. It depends on who you're looking at. Instead of him acknowledging Jesus and all his ways and, and God, and instead of him considering God's ways, learning about God's ways, perceiving or becoming acquainted with God's ways, he, and letting God direct his path, lead him and make it smoother and straight and cause to go right, the youngest son decided decide to live based on what pleased him. Luke 15 and 11. Talks about two sons and his parents, we, uh, that have more than one child or more, more than one child. You can look at your child in different ways and in different manners. One child can love school and can't wait to do their assignments. And the other child may do everything they can to avoid doing homework, classwork, and so forth. In their mind, school is made more for socializing than it was for doing learning a lesson or two. One child may be quick to follow curfews and the house rules, and one child will be five or ten minutes late or even act like there is no curfew. But let's not talk about the uh, the children, not forget the parents neither, because parents can be different too. 
Thank y'all for the two and a half amens right now. Parents can be different too. And it, no matter how they try to be consistent, parents are different, so therefore children are different. He had two sons, two sons, the offspring of the, who depended on their father. And of course, in Luke 15 and 12, and the young of them said to his father, Give me the portion of good that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Now, I can imagine some of us as parents, if our child would have said, give me something, didn't ask us, that would have been the end of the conversation right there. It would have been cut off right there. That would have been the end. Of the, you would have no 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. Y'all would say, if you don't learn how to talk to me the right way, then that would have been a whole different ball game. But in this particular case, the younger son said, give me, present to me, bestow unto me the portion, the part that is due or assigned to me of goods that falls to me. And so the father divided to them his livelihood. So each brother got a particular portion of their livelihood. Notice how the son was young and somewhat dependent on his father, but still had the boldness to believe and say to his father, give me the portion of the family resources that is due to me. And let me say this to you. One thing I, when I'm looking at this text, this particular son thought he was more growner. Now, I don't know if that's the right word, but I know y'all get the point than what he really was. In other words, he left too soon. He, he wasn't mature enough to fall under the right type of leadership to make sure that he was ready before he went out and even did what he did. And sometimes a person could perceive that this son felt a sense of entitlement. Entit- even though he had not worked to acquire the resources, he had a belief that one who is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment, having a right to something or or possession. Now, entitlement can be deceptive and dangerous. It can cause us to believe that we deserve certain things just because. Entitlement can distort our view and cause us to think that we can get what we want because of who we are from a fleshly or man-made perspective. And cause us to be, it will cause us not to be grateful or thankful for our family, our church family, especially our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have, and, and understand this too, we have what we have because of who Jesus is. We have who, we have what we have because of who Jesus is. And we're standing by God's grace and his mercy. How many thank God for God's grace and his mercy? His mercy are renewed day by day. Entitlement can cause us to not to take advantage of spiritual and natural opportunities such as the son did. Because he didn't even ask for his father's advice or concerning the matter. He said, give it to me. He did not take advantage of the condition or circumstances that puts the person in a favor or superior position. He could at least say, Father, am I ready for this particular possession? Once I get it, what should I do with it? Should I buy me a, a duplex of town and rent out half and, and let somebody else pay that rent and, and then I live in the other half? Should I buy me some uh, a apartment complex or should I buy me a car? Should I buy me something that, uh, that's going to bring back an investment. I'm not even asking the father by my the advice that he had because you know his father had wisdom because he had an inheritance to leave to his children. Not only that, he had land and he had servants. So you know the uh, the father was the real deal. He had wisdom, but the father did not tap. Excuse me, the son did not tap into the wisdom that the father had. And I, and I think about sometimes people can be in the midst of people who are, got wisdom about certain matters, but they won't ask the people around them about certain matters. They may know about marriage, but they won't ask people about marriage. They go ask these people who've been married about two or three days or get advice on social media and try to tell them, how do you make it in this marriage game? And they say, well, you know what? We do this, that, and the other. No biblical advice. 
Listen, don't even ask about if they're single. How do you stay single in this particular time we're living in? But they'll go to people who are single and living a loose life. They'll go to people, but got people around them that God has put in their life. They can ask about certain matters and certain things. Mm-mm-mm. Sad. The son did not take advantage of the, of the person who was, this father who was in his midst. And sometimes they got reasons why they don't do that. Thoughts will come to them like, this person don't really know. We don't like, excuse me, we don't do it like that in our generation. They don't understand the pressure of being you. I mean, my parents come and ask me how to even work their phone, how to work the remote control. How can they tell me how to do something in life? Listen, they don't use about four or five apps on their phone. They got about a hundred, but they don't use about four or five apps. So how in the world can they give me life experiences? How can they, listen, they like to do this thing, uh, the same thing every day, every week. But how can they tell me about life experiences? You forgot they used to be just like you. They used to have desires just like you had desires. They used to do stuff. They may not have told you, but I'm telling you right now, they used to do some stuff that was not on the books. Are y'all following him? Yeah, don't look at that. They looking nice now. They looking wonderful now. But yeah, your parent used to be a. And now you act like, well, okay, let me get out of that. Some of y'all saying, move on, dog. We can't tell my secret. Oh, but God knows your secrets. We have to take heed to sound instruction and sound doctrine. And we, when, when it, God puts it in the midst of us, we have to make sure that we take advantage of it. Have an opportunity to hear the word, receive a written copy of the messages uh, on sermon notes, being able to access the podcast or the videos, uh, all provides opportunity for us to grow and mature in a manner that protects us from a spirit of entitlement influencing us. We should be eager to hear what the Spirit is speaking and directing us to do. And the more we hear his voice, his word, the better we are able to understand and discern his voice in everyday situations. And that's why we don't mind acknowledging him in all our ways and him directing our path. Luke 15 and 13. And not many days hence. Good God Almighty. The youngest son packed up all this grip. Now, paraphrasing a little bit. Those who said they gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. So he packed up his grip. He packed up his stuff, got it all together, went to a far country. And I'm going to use a vernacular you may not be familiar with, but he got there and got buck wild. He had a little money in his pocket, and he started spending it. He started, the Bible says this. He says, and there he wasted his possessions. He wasted, not what did he waste? He scattered it. And I like this definition. He threw it up in the air without a purpose. He, in other words, he spent it without a purpose. Now, I can't get mad with the prodigal son. Because you know, with the, pro, with the son, because I spent my money without purpose too. I signed notes without purposes. I remember back in the day, I prayed, I, I prayed, I'm, y'all never do stuff like this. I used to sign my name to a VCR for a $200 VCR. I had to pay it off in three years. You suspended, it, wasted my money. Didn't, listen, wasn't, listen, if I took heed to, to sound doctrine and learn how to give and let God show me how to get it, I'd have been a whole lot better. Because, listen, by the time I paid it off, the thing had already uh, tore up. That's when you know your investment in something that should not be. That's throwing your money up and then let it go anywhere. Not that philosophy that that man said, listen, if God wants my money, I'm going to throw it up. Whatever he keeps, amen, he'll keep whatever comes back down is mine. That's not what he's talking about right now. You got to learn how to do it God's way. And so, but notice what he wasted on. He wasted his possessions with prodigal living. 
lacking moral restraint. He spent his money on something that he had no moral restraint on. He has spent his money indulging in sensual pleasures or ways to please the flesh. He was extravagant in what he did. And I guess, I don't know if they still use this terminology or not, but he was popping bottles. Extravagant. Extravagant. See, we bought Boone's Farm back in the day. We thought we were doing something. But now they popping bottles these days. He spent his money on utterly and shamelessly immoral living. He was, that's what happened to his money. Choosing the lifestyles contrary to God's written and revealed word may seem exciting, fun, and pleasurable. However, it will cost you something. Pleasure has the tendency to show us the short term of our choices, but it will hide the long term effects. Short term, for example, living with a person before you're married may seem convenient, economically sound, an easy way to transition to something long term. Seeing if it'll work is what they like to say. Testing not the goods is what they like to say. Even though it's contrary to God's word. But long-term effects, living together destroys the sacredness and trust in relationships that, that should be reserved for a husband and a wife. It's also a risk of adopting a mindset of not truly being committed and having the freedom to come and go as you please. So why change when you get married? Hey, he or she knew who I was before I married him. Mm. Yeah, let that sink in for a moment. Pleasure, another example, pleasure did not show these this nice couple the long-term effects when the sacredness and trust in God and the person is gone or acting funny. The relationship becomes extremely fragile as more vulnerable to vulnerable to divorce. Think about another example, short-term. Smoking might seem cool and fulfilling and grown-up thing to do. But long term, it can cause an increase in the risk of stroke and brain damage, cancer of the nose, tongue, mouth, lungs, a loss of sense of smell and taste, as well as eye cataracts and the yellowing of the teeth. Short term, misuse, overuse or abuse of drugs, whether street drugs or prescription drugs, may feel good for the moment and give the illusion of being problem-free, no worries, and escape of reality. But in long term, changing in cognitive ability, loss of coordination, increased heart rate, sleep disorders, the inability to stop using the drug, relationship problems, poor work or academic problems, noticeable change in appearance, using bill money or grocery money to get the product. Mm, y'all know that's a real rea- reality. Folks will use the grocery money and the bill money to get they home. Lord, let me get out of that. Luke 15 and 14. But when he has spent all, notice this, when he has spent all, not 85%, not 75%, but every penny, there arose a severe famine in that land. And he began to be in war. He began. He started. He The first thing. See, when war comes, there is a beginning stage. See, if we notice the beginning, we can cut stuff off before it gets to extreme. We got to learn how to notice when there's some beginning stuff in our life. Beginning to operate in unforgiveness. Beginning to get better. Beginning. Listen, you know you don't spend too much money. You know it ain't no secret. Only one you're trying to trick is yourself. You know what you got in the account before you get to the store. But it sure look good on you. I know it do. I know it look good on you. But you know what you got in the account. You know that the shoes look nice on you. But you know what you got in the account. You know that the item looked good. You know you could really, oh boy, you could. 
But you know what's in the account. Ain't no secret to you. But you know how it is. God, do you want me to have it? He already answered before you walked in the store. You just wasn't taking heed to what the Spirit was saying. What are we saying? Stay out the store. Stay at home. Go ahead. Go to Dollar. <laughs> and get you something and go back home. Because this is where you at right now. I mean, things will get better, but you got to understand where you at right now. Now, he looks on, on here, and he said they began to be in woe. Won't devoid of or lack. See, lack, won't, and such like have a great way of helping us to realize that our understanding is limited. We begin to see the safety and security we found in our thinking, reason, and decision making may not have been so safe after all. The process began many times we begin to want or experience lack, hard times, and so forth. Then he goes, now what happened in verse 15? Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. When he joined, he cleaved to, he fastened, he glued himself to a citizen of that country. Had the opportunity to work with his father, but now he's working with a citizen from a country. The man had possession, but now he has working and feeding swine. Opportunity to do right, but yet he chose to go a different direction. See, this is what you, the dangers of your own understanding. Living a life, with, excuse me, living life with or without reason will have us joining and leading up to those who are outside of the will of God. Living life within our own understanding based on our reason may start out okay, but sooner or later, prodigal living will catch up with us and will cause us to be spiritually depleted. We become so vulnerable to additional tricks of the enemy because we're longing for something or someone to fill the, fo- the void or lack in our lives. If we're not careful, we might begin to feed or eat from the table of ungodly doctrines, worldly trends, lifestyles contrary to the word of God, worshiping idols. And and, and when you worship idols, you end up worshiping the thoughts, the ideas, and the concepts that come from these idols. You got to be careful that you don't get so hungry you start eating from anybody's table. Because not everybody know how to clean their food and cook it the right way. Oh, I should have said that like that, but I know it's just real though. Not everybody is going to clean their food when they cook it. Not everybody is going to cook it all the way through. If you like that. So we understand that, and so we just don't eat off anybody's table. Therefore, I'm always making sure I'm eating from the proper doctrine. Because you eat from the wrong doctrine, it leads you to thinking, talking, and acting contrary to the written and revealed word of God. And when we notice this in Luke 15 and 16, he would gladly have filled the stomach with the paws that the swine ate, and no one, and that's that, gave him anything. They didn't trust him or supply or furnish or give him anything. All them times he would pop him ball. Now ain't nobody gonna give him a bottle. All them times he was paying the cell phone bills of other folks, but nobody gonna pay his cell phone bill. All them times he paid bought somebody else's shoes, but won't nobody buy him a pair of shoes. He bought Nikes and the good stuff, but now he can't even get a pair of All the stuff that he had bought for everybody else when he got in one, and you know they were talking about him. Oh, you know, that was the one in the club that were popping bottles and, and talking about, hey, a party over here ain't nothing over there. But now he is in the swine. That's how folks do you. Because as soon as you get in one, they'll talk about you just like they He was doing all of that different stuff. And next thing you know, he's sitting out there eating. Excuse me. He would say he would rather have the, the paws that the swine were eating. 
At a time, he was a big baller, eating steaks and filet mignon, mashed potatoes. And, and he was eating ball, high balling. He was high to cotton up in there. He was eating good, too, shrimp, lobster, and so forth. Oh, excuse me, y'all say it back. I'm sorry. Oh, I say it like I'm way from temple. Crimp, shrimp, crimp. Eating shrimp, dipping in there. Had all kind. had two or three different kinds of shrimp up in there. Had the fried shrimp, had the one that had the shells already peeled off, had it dipped in some calamar. I mean, big, big fancy words like that. Now he back over here with the swine. He back over there with the swine now. And the people that he bought meals for. Hey, I got you. Hey, I got it. Now, won't nobody even get him anything. Won't even go by and give him a dollar menu over at Wendy's. Or McDonald's. Won't even get the dollar menu for him. Because that's how people will do you. Don't you think it's just written at this particular time, it don't apply today. You can spend your money with the world all you want to and think they won't leave you out there hanging. They will leave you hanging. They will leave you out there with the bill. Look, I've seen folks come into my office and they say, you know, I bought my, a friend of mine a cell phone and it's sitting up on their, on their credit report when the back when I just do loan. And they, and that same person, I didn't have that cell phone. I, I turned that cell phone in, but the person I signed with didn't pay their bill. Mm-hmm. And they'll do that to you too, boy. If you, if you got, if you, listen, if you put some on your cell phone, you better make sure you can pay it. You gotta be careful. That's why you gotta be led by the Holy Spirit when it comes to helping people. God don't mind you helping people, but be led by the Spirit of God when it comes to helping people. When you do it that way, God will make sure you're taken care of. Because God knows who you helping. He knows who you help a lot better than you do. He knows if they're going to help you or not. But if you help them do it as unto the Lord, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong by helping as unto the Lord. And if you did in the past, repent and do better in the future. That's all I can tell you. Amen. Just repent and do better. Do better. So now. When, when, the, when the money gets funny, car break down, you might find yourself calling people and realize they blocked your number. You were calling me when you, when you needed money. But now I'm calling you back and I need money. And you act like you don't even know who it is. Who is this calling me? And they hang up on you. And you want to get mad because you remember all the times you helped them. And you got, see, that's why you can't, you got to be careful because if not, boy, you be able to call the case on some of y'all. I'm sorry, I called a case. That might lost two or three of y'all at him. But you know what I'm talking about right there, right? That's why you got to be led by the Holy Spirit because if not, you be on God upset, frustrated, and anger, angry at people that, well, hallelujah. 15 and 17. But notice a great thing happened. He came to himself. He came to himself. Woo! He came to himself. He became aware. Began to see clearly. He arise from his situation. How many of my father's, notice his hired servants, have bread enough to, and to spare, and I'm sitting here perishing with hunger. Woo-wee! I know that's right, brother. We need to pray, we need to pray that Jesus will always give us a heart of repentance. He will give us humility to the point that we can recognize the error of our ways and see repentance and rec- reconciliation with him and our spiritual and natural family, but most importantly, Jesus. Whether we've been saved for years or just getting saved, when we see that our thinking, talking, and action are causing more harm than good, we have to come to ourselves and seek ways to do better and do better. I believe God gives people the opportunity to reset their thinking and not rely on their own understanding. See, repentance will get us back on the right track as we see in Luke 15 and 18. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. 
I missed the mark. I have wandered from God. I have violated God's law. See, the son didn't blame anybody else for his mistakes. He took responsibility for his actions. That's the true sign of somebody who's trusting the Lord wholeheartedly. See, that person say, you know what? I messed up, but God, I repent. I'm ready to trust you. Yeah, I did this thing wrong, God. I'm, I'm not blaming all the ones I helped out there that left me sitting up, sitting in there eating from, or excuse me, with the uh, swine. I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming my brother. I'm not blaming my father. It's me, Lord, who messed up. It's me who did it wrong. It's me who did it the wrong way. God, I did. I didn't pray like I should. I didn't give like I should, God. I'm in this predicament because I had a lust for I. I'm in this situation because I was tipping and dipping in places I had no business tipping and dipping into. I was the one who said, oh, yeah, yeah it would be God. I cussed them out. I, it would be God. I can't blame nobody. Yeah, I know I, I, I don't like what they did, but it, it does not give me an excuse to cuss them out, God. I, I, it was me, God. I was the one that was angry. I was the one that's operating jealousy. I was the one operating unforgiveness. I was the one that was lying. I was the one that had my nose all up in the air when I had something, but when I didn't have anything. Mm, I was the one, God. I can't blame nobody else, God. I've got the one to look in the mirror and say, God, it's me. Forgive me, God. I've sinned against heaven and before you. We're trusting the Lord wholeheartedly. You got, you got to repent. Woo! We got to realize sometimes we're the one who hurt other people and we got to repent. Yeah, some people say, you know what? Uh, I, you, they did you wrong. Yeah, they did you wrong, but you got to watch how you react when people do you wrong. Because I know, I, I know you want to get them back, but that's not what. That's not the way God may tell you to do that. Got to repent. Sometimes we do things out of habit, not even being considerate of others that can cause people to get confused about how Christians should respond. We may not even know we're doing certain things, but when God brings it to our attention, we got to repent. Please forgive me, person A or person B. My intent was never to harm you. And don't be talking about, well, they should know what I mean anyway. That's just a sign that you don't want to admit you're wrong. They go and admit you're wrong. Sometimes I have to go to my wife, hey, you were wrong. I was wrong, baby. You were right. And I don't, I don't got to go no long explanation. Well, you know, if you did this and did that and did this and did that. Because that's probably when they... Sometimes when people ask for forgiveness, they give you four or five reasons why they messed up. Oh, this is going to admit you're wrong at this. Move on. That's, life would do you a whole lot better. See, I was wrong. I, I was thinking wrong. I was talking wrong. I was acting wrong. That's the hard times, fiery trials, and tribulations will help us to abandon any attitude of entitlement, pride, and such like. Luke 15, 19. This is what he said. I am no longer worthy, valuable, one who shows the qualities or abilities to merit recognition, to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants, employees for hire. See, the brother humbled himself. He's ready to do anything he could to get back with his father. And I like that about that man. This reminds me of Psalms 84 and 10. Psalms 84 and 10, David said this, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wicked folks. What do you mean? Morally wrong, evil, and violent folks. David wanted to be in the presence of God just like the son wanted to be in the presence of his father. The son knew his father still loved him despite how long he had been gone and the ungodly living he had done. That's why the Father has given us a great example of how mature Christians must think, talk, and act with people, especially those who are still in their messy situation, those who are struggling to know God, those who have gotten complacent and turned their heart from God. The Father showed love and mercy. Everybody say love and mercy. He was not willing to break up the wrong, bring up the wrong, but he was willing, he was willing to get things right. 
Luke 15 and 20. And he arose and came to his father. And he was still a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion, love and mercy, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That's powerful text right here. That's a powerful text. Why you say it, Pastor Dobbs? Because when he saw him before off. Now, you got to think about this. When the, when the son repented and headed back, the father was the first one to see him. His brothers didn't see him. The servants didn't see him. The father saw him. See, the father represents the times when we repent and ask God to forgive us. That the father is the first one we got to get right with. We got to get right with God before we get right with our brothers or any co-workers or anybody else. We got to get right with God. We got to get right with the one who died back at the cross at Calvary, who paid the price for our sins, who died so we could live. We got to get right with God before we get right with any family member. The problem is people try to get right with family and co-workers and everybody else before they get right with God. You got to learn how to get right with God. The father saw him afar off. I thought about this. The father wasn't the only one working. The father, the brother was out in the field. We read a little bit, we read a little bit later. He was out in the field, but the father is the one who saw him. In fact, the Bible says he saw him afar off. Let me say this to you. You ain't got to be in the church before you repent. You you could be at the nightclub. You could be in Walmart. You could be eating somewhere. You could be at home somewhere. Don't wait till you get to the house of God before you give your life to Christ. Get right right where you are. Repent and ask God to forgive you. And come into your life and live for him and come back like the Father wants you to. Because the Father sees you right where you are. As soon as you repent, you know the father was right there. And he saw the son who repented. Had the right attitude, the right mindset. Came back with a different mindset. The father saw him. I thank God that the father see me. I thank God that the father see you. As this is what you got to understand. The father saw you when you messed up. The father saw you when you did this, that, and the other. And when you repented, the father was right there. He was right there. He was right there to help you through your situation, your circumstance. Sometimes the father covered up your, your mess up. And nobody even knew you messed up because the father was right there. Oh, the time you did wrong, the father smoothed it out before you had an opportunity to even know what was going on. Listen, the father knows how. Sometimes we don't get what we deserve, but we get the father's love and compassion and mercy. How many times have we messed up and the father stepped in and helped us out along the way? How many thank God for the father? You know the Father protected you. You know the Father delivered you. You know the Father's prospering you right now. It ain't nobody but Jesus. He represents the Father. You did it wrong. You didn't pray right. You didn't give right. You know you could have had a better attitude. But God stepped in. Thank you for stepping in, God. Not just for me, but for every believer in this sanctuary. Oh, if they if they doing right all the time, that's probably problem, all right. But I'm talking about the ones who mess up, and God has to step in and help them along the way. Thank you, Father, for being there and helping us along the way. Because when he had, he was afar off, he was afar off, he was afar off. We repent. The Father sees before our family and coworkers do. The services of a good witness for others to tell about the goodness of Jesus. Who knows what others are doing but still loves them and wants to save them with love and mercy. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned, missed the mark, wandered from God, violated God's law against heaven and in your sight, in your presence, in your face. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. 
His way of thinking was because of his sin. He was separated from being his son, but the father had a different understanding of the situation. You know, it's the son's mindset. The mindset, I'm separated. That's the danger of your own understanding. You think you're separated from God, but God says, no, I want you to be close to me. Thank God for spiritual mature folks who have the traits of the Heavenly Father. If we truly want to see folks saved and families restored, I believe that we can learn from the Father and His Son. It's dangerous to lean on your own understanding. Do what we want, especially when our Heavenly Father has forgiven us. It's equally dangerous when we lean to our own understanding, judge others, and refuse to show love, grace, and mercy toward us. Especially when the Father showed grace and mercy to us. We should show grace and mercy to others. But you know, as everything stopped, this is what you need to understand. Everything stopped. Now, some people don't believe in stopping. They believe that we should just keep on doing what we do. But the father said, hey, we're going to stop this whole production. You know what we're getting ready to do? We're getting ready to have a celebration. What are we celebrating, Pastor Dobbs? We celebrate the fact that the son has came back home. And see, sometimes you get in the, listen, you know you are in a place you need to repent when you don't celebrate people that come back home to God. I'm too busy to celebrate people coming back home to God. I got something to do when somebody come back home to God. I'm not talking about come back home just because they, I'm talking about come back home to God. I mean, they are no longer going to be separated from God on their way to hell. They're on their way to heaven now. They have repented and given their life to Christ. We should be celebrating. He said, listen, don't, listen, don't be, oh, don't go working no more. Don't go doing what you were doing in the field and doing this, that, and the other. What I need for you to do, the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. Oh, the best robe? I mean, this is a man who was living, prodigal living, with the swine and the pods, made his way back. And you know it had to be a dusty road back. Not only could he had to come back, you got to think about it. He probably hasn't seen water in a minute. He could have had a nice little odor about him. But yet, the father said, bring out the best, the best, the best. Well, he just, he just left with the pigs or the swine, and now you telling us to bring out the best. You tell us to stop everything we're doing, stop all the stuff we're doing around this particular organization, and bring out the best, the best that where brings honor, influence, and chief status the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Bring out the best. You talking the one? The one who had who lived the prodigal living? I mean, the one who was in the swine? With the parts, bring out the best for him? Yes. Bring out the best for him. Wow. Good question. I'm glad you asked. For my son was dead, and he is alive again. He was dead. He was dead. He was lost. He had perished. He was ruined. He was destroyed. But now, he is found. He is found. He has returned to a place. I like this definition. Understanding, and then he gets knowledge. He's in a place now where he can get knowledge and understanding. He is at a place now where he is no longer that son that left who just said, give me. But now he's at a place where he can get knowledge and understanding. I'm, I'm glad they put that definition in there. Why? Because once you give your life to Christ, in order to remain in a right standing with God, you need knowledge and you need understanding. 
You need knowledge and you need understanding. Because sometimes people give their life to Christ and they act like that. This is it right here. Yeah, but you're going to need knowledge and you're going to need understanding. You will need to know when the devil show up what to do. You will need to know when this cause see. Thank you, Lord. See, you can be in a position where you think that once you get saved, you ain't gonna have no more problems. No more trouble. No more heartache. No more frustrations. No more uh challenges in your faith. But that's not gonna be the case. You gonna need knowledge and you need understanding. I thought about this from this standpoint. This is me thinking. I said, because once he got back and the party's over, he got to answer a few questions to a few folks. Because somebody going to ask him, one or two people going to ask him, hey, what are you doing out there? Then something will say, hey, you remember you went over yonder to, uh, yeah, that prodigal living place, Club Prodigal. Hey, is Club Prodigal still open? Can I go over there? Can I use your name to get in? Because just because God forgiven you, some folks don't forget your past. And you got to know who God is. You need knowledge and understanding in order how to deal with people. We're going to talk a little bit later, uh, not today, but another day, because the brother was angry. His brother should have been happy, but the brother was angry because they threw him a party and he was wondering, hey, why y'all throw me no party? I've been faithful. I've been doing what's right and so forth and so on. Not everybody's going to be happy about your return. This is what we need to see in the text. He had an old understanding. But now God has given him a new understanding. The dangers of an old or a dangers of leaning on your old understanding leads to prodigal or ungodly living. But when you get back over here to start leaning and trusting in the Lord wholeheartedly, you start to think, you start to talk, and you start to act more like him. And one key fact I want you to remember, you start to get knowledge and understanding that comes from his written and revealed word. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.